pretty creepy and scary, definitely. Startling video of an arsonist caught on camera. Can you help ID the man who puts several lives in danger? Distracted driving crackdown. I think it is a more about a money grab. Why some say picking off offenders at red lights is unfair. Sorry, I don't want to get married. And so long, Bert. <laughs> One of Hollywood's great characters is gone. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Vancouver police are releasing new surveillance video of an arson suspect who endangered several people and caused tens of thousands of dollars in damage. Sarah McDonald joins us with more on this video. And Sarah, there's a good chance somebody's going to recognize this suspect. Well, that's what police are hoping, at least, Chris. And the reason for that is because that surveillance footage they are circulating tonight is essentially crystal clear. And as you are about to see, it appears to show an alleged arsonist who caused all this damage here in East Vancouver. The surveillance footage starts innocuously enough. The man on your screen seen simply walking through an East Vancouver neighborhood. But police say what happens next is criminal. Their suspect circling back and apparently intentionally sparking what quickly erupted into this dramatic blaze. Fortunately, uh, no one was injured, uh, but they could have been. You have vehicles in there that are, have full gas tanks. It could have been very dangerous. Dangerous and destructive. Those flames ultimately causing six figures in damages to nearby structures and vehicles. Ash was raining down in my, my back patio. I came out and I was just like, the roads were getting blocked off and like, just looked like hell on earth. I thought, you know, my house is next. It's like six feet away from my garage. The suspect is described as Aboriginal in his late 20s or early 30s and standing just under six feet tall. He has a tattoo on the left side of his neck and a distinctive limp or gait seen here. It is scary. You see, you see some other people or some other house or, or that burn, but... Uh, when it happens in your neighborhood, it's, it's very scary. And investigators don't want this alleged arsonist to strike again. That's why they're asking for your help in identifying him. It could be any one of us, right? So it's pretty, pretty creepy and scary. Police now looking to lay charges in this destructive suspected case of arson that could have been deadly. And Sarah, apparently this isn't the only fire this suspect may be responsible for setting. Well, Chris, police told us today they haven't ruled that out in this case, but that is partially because they haven't identified this individual yet, though police did note today there have been several fires in Vancouver in recent months that are considered unsolved or suspicious. And Chris, that is why they are looking to speak with anyone who may recognize the suspect in this case. Let's hope someone knows who he is. Thanks very much, Sarah. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team is hoping you can help them find a man wanted for murder, a man considered very dangerous. Nadia Stewart joins us now from Surrey with the details. And Nadia, what can you tell us about Brandon Nathan Teixeira? Well, Chris, really just that, that he has access to weapons and he is very dangerous. Take a look at this photo. This is the 27-year-old man wanted by police, Brandon Nathan Texera. He's back in the headlines following an incident that happened last night, Wednesday night. It appears undercover officers were in the 2700 block of Country Woods Drive. It's not clear exactly what happened there, but Texera somehow managed to avoid being arrested by police. And that really isn't sitting well with the folks who live in that neighborhood. 
neighborhood. Now, he is wanted for the murder of 28-year-old Nicholas Cabra that happened back on October 23rd, 2017 in Surrey. Police say Texera is believed to be hiding out somewhere in the lower mainland since avoiding arrest. We're trying to make an arrest, but uh, it was unsuccessful. And so we are uh, still out trying to apprehend Mr. Texera. And we're hoping that the public can help us. Um, please be our, be our eyes and ears in the community. If you see him, pick up the phone and call 911. It is imperative that we bring Mr. Texera in custody. Now you're going to need this. Here's a description of what Mr. Texera looks like. He is Caucasian, five foot ten inches tall, weighing about 160 pounds, brown eyes, brown hair. He's got a snake tattoo on the left side of his chest and a sleeve tattoo on his left arm. Now, one thing again to reiterate that he does have access to weapons. He is very violent, very dangerous. So police say if you think you see him, do not approach him. Just call police. Back to you, Chris. Sounds like good advice. Thanks very much, Nadia. The battle over an illegal Airbnb hostel run out of a North Vancouver townhouse unit was in court today. The owner-operator, Emily Yu, fighting her own strata and the city of North Vancouver. But as John Wah reports, after yet more delays, the judge had a message for her. It's supposed to be the deadline for Emily Yu to respond to the city of North Vancouver's petition, demanding she stop using her townhome as a hostel. Hello, Emily. How are you? Good. That's good to you know. Only problem, this is the wrong courthouse. And you is taking the city to court, trying to get an entry warrant thrown out. It really does seem like she goes to great lengths to stall and delay and, and to, you know, uh, defer these court proceedings against her. This North Vancouver strata already racked up tens of thousands of dollars in legal costs to get the civil resolution tribunal to rule against you and order her to stop. But even that didn't work. There is still activity. Um, Emily's not turning people away from what I gather. Now Yu's application to the North Vancouver Provincial Court was to have an entry warrant that was executed on March 28th rendered null and void, and all of the evidence gathered from it sealed, saying that the city of North Vancouver misused the community charter. But the judge said she would have been inclined to not seal those documents, but ultimately this is the jurisdiction of the BC Supreme Court. So that application was dismissed. Yu was first served by the city on August 15th and given three weeks to respond to their petition. Otherwise, orders forbidding her from advertising and operating her hostel could take effect. And I let them know that they should expect delays on misuse part and in fact they responded saying they wouldn't expect anything less. Still, there are reports the city has already given you a seven-day extension to file her petition response. When our request for confirmation went unanswered, we asked the city's lawyer directly. I cannot comment, I'm sorry. Hello? You is no longer speaking to the media, but seems to be preparing for a fight. I remain silent. The city of North Vancouver perhaps getting its first taste of what might be a legal long haul. John Hua, Global News. And now what critics say is a loophole in the rules governing local election campaign financing. The province passing new legislation last year restricting contributions, but some have found a way around that. Jill Bennett joins us from Vancouver with the details on this. And Jill, some of those ads are already going up, and this is really all about timing. 
It is, Chris. And this time around, voters were told things would be different. That big spending coming in from corporations, unions and other groups backing particular candidates and parties would stop. But we're already seeing signs of it. And some are asking if that new legislation goes far enough. If you've seen these billboards in Vancouver, you might think the official civic election campaign is underway, but you'd be wrong. Clearly there's somebody who has a motivation to, to support um, that candidate and their message. Hello, thank you for calling Vancouver for affordable housing. Repeated calls to the number on the billboard were not answered. Please email us at Vancouverites for affordable housing at Outlook.com. Neither was an email. <laughs> On September 22nd, when civic elections throughout B.C. officially get underway, they will be under new provincial legislation aimed at stopping big corporate and union donations. But there are concerns the legislation doesn't go far enough and leaves the door open wide to unlimited third-party spending. There were enough loopholes in the legislation that allowed groups that are, we have no idea who's behind them, we have no idea who's writing the checks, are able to do advertising right up until later this month when there's a, a deadline. We uh, looked at big money in politics. One of the first things we did uh, upon being sworn in was go into the legislature and take big money out of politics. Uh, if there are loopholes that allow money to buy influence, we're going to try and shut that down. Attack ads are already popping up on social media, something else that falls outside spending limits that will be in place later this month. And this council candidate questions if big money is really gone from the campaigns that accepted it in the past. I think what we're seeing here is a sort of an ethical disconnect. It may be legally permissible to spend as much money as you want as a third-party advertiser on your uh, candidate of choice, but for us it's an unethical thing. And I, and I think really the whole sort of spirit of getting big money out of politics uh, isn't being met here. I should mention as well, Chris, that group that's on that billboard, even they say they don't know who is behind it. We did get an email today from the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing saying those billboards appear to be the work of somebody who is insisting on spending as much as possible before those spending lim those limits come into place. Uh, she did say that they will review what happens in the upcoming election and then make amendments. So it seems like if there aren't enough safeguards in place, it's not going to be until the next election when even tough legislation is brought in. Chris? All right, Jill Bennett reporting for us tonight. Thank you, Jill. A distracted driving crackdown today as the province launches a new campaign encouraging people to focus on the road. Aaron MacArthur has more on what it'll cost if you're busted and why some feel in certain instances it's nothing more than a cash grab. Sir, unfortunately the bad news. Yeah. 368 bucks plus four points. Using your phone behind the wheel is a huge hit to the pocketbook. And yet, no amount of enforcement seems to make a dent in changing our behavior. You, there. Just this morning, about an hour ago, the staff surgeon over there just told me that one of his members pulled over a, a person driving a delivery truck, a cube van, and he had an iPad up on his dash and he had his cell phone in his hand. Trying to hide it now doesn't work. September will bring with it a barrage of enforcement, particularly at red lights. Just because the vehicle is stopped doesn't mean the law doesn't apply. Critics of distracted driving legislation call this kind of enforcement nothing more than a cash grab. The people that are being ticketed in these investigations are people who are not posing a risk by and large to the public. They're not the people who are driving around with their phone to their ear. They're the people who are sitting at a red light, who are glancing at the phone. The police and ICBC counter intersections are among the most dangerous places on the road. 
Distracted driving now causes more fatalities in British Columbia than impaired driving. Just looking at that stat that 78 people are dying in BC alone just simply by a contributing factor. It's not a cash grab. Safety experts say cell phone usage is like an addiction. 93% of people agree it's dangerous, and yet there are no shortage of people seen breaking the law, believing a quick look won't hurt anyone. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Oh, Rada's calling. Oh, it sounds urgent. I can feel it. When I get home. Come at me, beautiful. We'll be home in 10. Uh, don't you want to see Greg's new puppy? Or... Part of today's campaign launch included these ads from ICBC, commercials encouraging drivers to leave their phones alone. They're cute. We'll see if they work. Meantime, a number of crash-prone intersections around the province will be getting a new surface treatment aimed at helping reduce rear-end crashes when you slam on the brakes. Kylie Stanton explains how the new road surface works and where you'll find it. Rear-ended, T-boned, or head-on. Accidents happen, and in B.C., nearly 60% happen in intersections. Now the provincial government is launching a project to apply a high-friction surface treatment to collision-prone areas in an attempt to stop this trend in its tracks. This will allow drivers to slow down more quickly, ultimately reducing uh, the number of collisions and the severity of collisions at intersections. Here's how it'll work. The high-friction surface treatment will be applied to the roadway by an automated truck-mounted machine. It uses a specialized aggregate and resin to increase the friction, dramatically shortening the stopping distance of vehicles on both dry and wet pavement. The Ministry of Transportation Infrastructure partnered with ICBC to review collision and claims data to determine which locations would see the biggest benefit. There have been four spots identified along the Pat Bay Highway on Vancouver Island. Here at the Cloverdale intersection, there were 121 crashes over a four-year period alone. And the numbers just go up from there. 131 at Mount Newton Crossroad, 135 at Elk Lake Drive, and 250 at Sayward. Another six intersections have been identified in Metro Vancouver, along with four notorious off-ramps. I mean, ideally, people should be slowing right down um, and approaching those intersections and interchanges at the appropriate speed. Um, this is just an, an added assist to make sure that um, that doesn't happen and is to prevent as many crashes as possible. Now, the work is set to start this week and should be wrapped up by the end of the month. The total cost of the project, nearly $4 million. But if all goes as planned, it could end up saving a whole lot more. There's insurance rates that are also at play here that we, um, we ultimately want to reduce the pressure on. Every accident this prevents will have to add up in order to put a dent in the public insurer's deficit of more than $1 billion. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. It's hot. It's hot. Drivers on a California freeway run the gauntlet of a fast-moving fire coming up on the news hour. And goodbye to the bandit. Burt Reynolds made a lot of roles famous, but just as fascinating are the roles he turned down. That's later. Right now, though, the owner of a Metro Vancouver lodge is sounding the alarm about jet boats on the Pitt River. As Linda Aylesworth reports, he says he has evidence the boat operators are endangering critical spawning salmon. Like his father before him, Danny Garrick was a commercial salmon fisherman. 
but then year by year it was less and less and less and to the point where it's like I got to get out of this business or I'm gonna it'll be finished and sure enough it was and so he left the sea and moved to the north end of Pitt Lake and built a wilderness lodge near the Pitt River where the life cycle of all five species of Pacific salmon begins and ends these are the ones that finally make it after four years. These are the miracle fish that went through all the odds and come back to the uh, river. You'd think that after four to five years at sea, they would have earned a break, but no, not here. They are jet boats, and every year, more and more are turning these shallow spawning grounds into their playground. They should have peace and quiet, not have a motorized boat with 400 horsepower blasting uh, the eggs out of the gravel. And when the surviving eggs hatch, the young fry are then at risk. In the springtime, these jet boats, big ones, come up and they throw like two, three foot waves. And the guides have seen fry getting washed up on the beach. Even the spawning adults aren't safe. I just had two jet boats drive by me on the upper pit river. Immediately after getting below them, I found this sockeye washed up on shore. The male sockeye. It doesn't appear to have spawned. He's spoken to Department of Fisheries and Oceans Enforcement officers about his concerns. Their reply? We know all about jet boats. He said, we use them on the river. We're going to keep using them on the river. And, and it was just shocked. The DFO was unavailable for comment, but say they hope to respond on Friday. DFO sitting here wondering why, why aren't our fish coming back? Yeah, because you're killing your spawning grounds. Like, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. After a seven-month campaign to save the Rio Theater, the deal is done. The bid started with a petition. Community support got more than 22,000 signatures. Then a record-breaking crowdfunding campaign raised $500,000 in just a few months. And finally, today's announcement of a deal with investors saving the iconic East Band Theater. Well, Canada's two major airlines recently announced higher fees for checked luggage, but there's a long list of other potential fees, some of which you might not even know about. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrea, joins us now with the details. And Yeah, that list gets longer and longer. It seems to, doesn't <laughs> it? It certainly does. Thanks, Chris. Scoring a great price on airfare can save you money, but if you're not careful, you could be hit with extra fees that you may not have considered. Here are a few reminders for your next trip. The next time you plan your flight, consider this. Don't assume that anything that used to be free, even five, ten years ago, is free anymore. From baggage fees to in-flight meals, it will cost you. You are going to have to pay, potentially, depending on the airline, for absolutely everything. Recently, Canada's largest airlines, WestJet and Air Canada, announced they're raising fees for checked bags. The new fees applying to passengers who book in the lowest fare categories. A good reminder for travelers to also check weight and size restrictions, especially when traveling internationally. Some airlines will charge overage by kilogram or pound maybe $5 per pound. But some, it's a flat fee. As soon as you go over, $200 more. And when it comes to carry-on luggage, check with the airline. In many airlines, it's only the one that goes under your seat that's free these days. You're actually charged for the one that goes in the overhead bin. Thinking of changing your flight and want to speak with the airline directly? Get ready to dig deeper into your wallet. Some, particularly the ultra low cost carriers, you'll actually have a fee to speak to a human. Um, could be five, could be 10, could be $20. Unless you are 
booking a changeable fare, one that allows you to change for free or for a nominal fee, look to what those change fees are. Even changing your airline seat could have you paying more. Typically, you won't be charged for a seat in basic economy or one at the very back of the aircraft. But a seat by a window, aisle or exit row often has an extra fee attached. As for those comfort kits? The days of getting the eye mask, the earplugs and the blanket for free are gone. Unless it's an international flight and it's clearly um, specified in uh, you know, on the airline's website, you should look for that. Otherwise, you may have to pay the $15, $20, $25 for the comfort kit uh, when you're on board. So the key here is to plan ahead. Go to the airline's website and educate yourself about those extra charges so you are not caught off guard. Nothing dampens a trip more than being slapped with a fee you were not expecting. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, we have been warned. Thank you, Anne. A couple of big recalls to tell you about tonight, too. Ford is recalling 2 million of its popular F-150 trucks because of a fire risk. Ford says the problem is with devices on the seatbelts called pretensioners. When they tighten the belt just before a crash, they can produce excessive sparks that can start a fire. The company has received six reports of problems in Canada and more than a dozen in the U.S., the recall covers F-150s with model years 2015 through 2018. And Toyota is recalling more than a million of its Prius electric cars, also because of a fire hazard. Toyota says an engine wiring harness could cause a short circuit. The recall covers just over 7,000 Prius vehicles in Canada made between 2016 and 2018. More gun violence in Ontario today as shots rang out in the community of St. Catharines. Three people were injured, at least one critically, and two suspects are still on the loose. Global's Camille Caramali is in St. Catharines with the latest. Well, this all happened at the corner of Church Street and Niagara Street, a very populated, active area of St. Catharines. Now police are on the hunt for two suspects. They describe them as both black males between the ages of 19 and 23 years of age. Now, this all started earlier today when police got the call for shots fired just after 3.30 this afternoon. Dramatic video taken by a passenger in a vehicle shows the aftermath of the shooting. Paramedics found three victims with gunshot wounds in this area and two were flown out uh, of the city into a trauma center and uh, one we know is in critical condition the other one police say is in life-threatening condition the third victim is in non-life-threatening condition now emergency task unit k9 district detectives are all here going door to door looking for the suspect uh, looking for the two male suspects that they say uh, are responsible for this shooting and are in multiple scenes right now as police try and answer uh, the daunting questions that lay before them. Back over to you at the desk. Thank you, Camille. The massive Delta fire in Northern California exploded overnight, jumping to more than 6,000 hectares. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's hot. It's hot. Whoa. Motorist captures the terror of driving straight through the fire, which has now closed a large part of Interstate 5. Officials say the fire has grown aggressively, with flames reaching as high as 90 meters. Truckers abandoned their vehicles as flames roared up the hillside. At least four trucks were destroyed. Officials say the fire was human-caused, but they don't know whether it was arson or accidental. 
Tears, cheers, and celebrations in India after a landmark ruling by the country's highest court. We're feeling amazing. We're going to party. I don't know. It's so difficult to express. It's amazing. It's just amazing. In a unanimous decision, the Supreme Court struck down a law dating back to colonial days that made homosexual acts punishable by up to 10 years in prison. The five justices ruling the law was a weapon used to harass members of India's gay community. In health matters tonight, Ottawa is injecting millions of dollars into B.C.'s battle with the opioid crisis. B.C. Mental Health and Addictions Minister Judy Darcy and Federal Health Minister Jeanette Petipa-Taylor announcing nearly $72 million to help provide greater access to substance abuse treatment. B.C. has been hardest hit by the overdose crisis with between three and four people dying every day on average. Political leaders through the years have traditionally turned to sports and other pastimes to deal with the stress and pressures of politics, and Premier John Horgan is no exception. But as Richard Zussman reports, Mr. Horgan's favorite distraction is a little bit off the beaten path. You ready? Standing on his back deck, frisbee in hand, Premier John Horgan is getting ready for some exercise. What lays ahead up this hill behind his Langford home is a disc golf course aptly named Horgan Hills. Uh, it's nice to you know climb off the back deck and walk around with some friends and, and then get right back at it. Almost 20 years ago, Horgan and his two sons set up the course. It came after a trip to Pender Island, where his family uh, was captivated by disc golf, where discs oh, replace golf balls, coffee tins and picture frames replace holes and pins. Boom. I was golfing, I was, you know, falling around a little ball. Uh -oh. You know, that's what golf's about. I wasn't getting any better, I was getting worse. And I saw these people enjoying themselves, laughing, walking through the woods, and I thought I'd like to try that. Horgan doesn't own the property, West Hills Development does, and will soon be in the hands of the city of Lankford. Gotta play the wind, right? But in lieu of paying oh, green wow. fees, he does coarse maintenance, pulling weeds and pushing over dead trees. We hung the cans in a way that they weren't intrusive as, to the best of the ability we, we had and safe. We didn't want to be falling down the cliff. Is, and then you can come around like that. He doesn't play as much now as he once did. His boys are all grown up. The job can be a little busy. <sighs> and visitors are now welcome. Nice. There are 18 holes, all par three. Boom. But in our match, 18 holes wasn't good enough. Coming down to my shot on the second playoff oh, hole. Oh, no, get out of here. After 20 holes, a tie. election ended basically in a in tie. In a tie, yeah, so he did it again. A fitting well end to a match with a premier who ended up in the job after an election that was nearly a tie. But in disc golf, there are no Thank Andrew you. Weavers to pick a winner. Oh, you guys. Richard Zussman, Global News, Langford. All right, here's how you play a surprise performance in a London train station. We'll tell you who tickled the ivories for commuters coming up right after the forecast with Yvonne Schell in for Christie and a lot of outdoor activities coming up this weekend, Yvonne. How does it look from a Thursday perspective? Well, we are seeing a change on the way. Hope you got out and enjoyed today. It was dry out there despite the hazy conditions. An air quality advisory has been issued for Metro Vancouver, but it should improve with this change. And I'll outline more in just a moment. There's a beautiful shot this evening overlooking English Bay. Temperatures today up to 26 degrees. It was warm, especially for areas away from the water. Into the Fraser Valley, Abbotsford today up to 29. Hope climbing up to 28 degrees. Whistler at 27 and inland for the island with Port Alberni 
up to 30 degrees. Touching 30 degrees for Trail today, Williams Lake at 22, and coastal sections for Prince Rupert up to 16 degrees. Air quality advisory or smoky skies bulletin in effect for the following areas that are in grey, but this should really improve over the next few days as we see temperatures cooling off and some moisture pushing in. This next weather maker that is going to work its way across the province, most areas will see rain developing as early as the morning hours for the northern and central sections of the island. By the afternoon across the south coast, Metro Vancouver, we're going to see some rain pushing in and it'll continue towards the evening. On Saturday, however, that may be the nicest out of the bunch for our weekend. We may see some breaks in between systems. Rainfall totals for most areas across the island between 5 and up to uh, or 10 millimeters, but it'll be higher amounts, especially for the western and northern sections of the island. Excuse me, coastal sections for Prince Rupert with the risk of a thunderstorm. Inland tomorrow up to 18 degrees. Central interior will see some on and off shower activity, but much of the southern interior tomorrow, a nice break with some sunshine to kick things off for the morning. An increase in cloud cover. Areas near Kelowna tomorrow will be up to 26 degrees. Rain as early as the morning hours for Whistler at 14. And across the coast, we will see that increase in cloud cover. Rain for the afternoon across Metro Vancouver. And be prepared as you get to school tomorrow. It is going to be cooler with only a high of 18 degrees. Saturday we should see some breaks and then unsettled it redevelops in terms of the next system. That'll be Sunday onwards. Highs of 17 and 18 degrees. A great shot though weather window and this was sent in from Lauren and this was in Clinton. A shot the day before yesterday. Chris? That is gorgeous. Well done. Thanks Yvonne and thank you <laughs> Lauren and you yes you did get a glimpse of Squire who will be here shortly. Again? Again yeah. Commuters at a London train station were treated to an impromptu concert by a very well-known actor. You probably recognize that guy as Jeff Goldblum, showing off his talents at the piano with a surprise performance at London's St. Pancras station. The 65-year-old star has a jazz album coming out later this year. London seems to have gone gaga over Goldblum lately. Who can forget that giant statue of the actor as his character from Jurassic Park that popped up in July next to the Tower Bridge? And then earlier this week, a London charity shop got a lot of online attention when it put Goldblum in every single one of its picture frames. <laughs> Great can't go, idea. Can't go wrong with that. Global BC presents Skookum Festival, a weekend of music, food, and art in Stanley Park featuring The Killers, Florence and the Machine, and more. So come eat, drink, and rock out where urban meets wild at Skookum Festival, presented by Global BC. Rouge is playing. Yes. So, yeah, we're just talking about Skookum. Yeah. It is going to be Skookum. Uh, NFL football starts tonight, but we start yep. with the other kind of football. Yes, Whitecaps uh, made a little surprise announcement today. They have brought in Dutch winger and sometimes striker Marvin Emnis for the rest of this year. Although he's not really in shape to play right away, but his main asset is speed. So if it works out, and that's a big maybe, he can maybe be the new guy, the new fast guy when Alfonso Davies heads to Germany. He is 30 years old. The Whitecaps have options on him for the next two seasons if they like what they see this year. Played a lot of his years in England for Middlesbrough. Ty Kamara played with him there, Swansea City and uh, Blackburn. The Caps are basically using the spot left by Bernie Abini's departure to bring Emnes in. Defenseman Jet Wu not at the Canucks Young Stars Tournament in Penticton this week. He has a lower body injury. He was a second-round draft pick this past June. However... The big Scandinavian three, the hopefuls, Ole Olevi, Jonathan Dahlin, and of course Elias Pedersen, they are there. Pedersen will be out there tomorrow night when the Canucks face the Winnipeg Young Stars.
gonna be my first uh, competitive game this season, so I don't have that high expectation of myself, but uh, I want to do what I'm good at and, uh, and play at my best level from the start, and, and hopefully I do it. And I think he will be on the team come October. This is the week the NBA celebrates its Hall of Fame class of 2018. There are 13 inductees, which is interesting because 13 was the number of one of those Hall of Famers, Victoria's Steve Nash. This is incredible, obviously, to be here with this group. Uh, this is a, a dream team for me, so to be a part of it is, is an incredible honor. And it's an opportunity to reflect on how this happened, an opportunity to thank all those people who took part in, in our success. And uh, I just want to thank the hall, all my classmates, and everybody that had a big, big impact uh, on my life and my career for everything that uh, allowed me to experience this today. So thank you. The BC Lions are only halfway through the season, but the home game tomorrow night against Ottawa could be the one that tips the season one way or the other. The Lions are three and six. However, they think their record is not an indication of who they really are. Second and ten. Looking for Burnham. And does he make the catch? He does! Spectacular! Touchdown! The Lions need a few more plays like this one if they're going to make a charge into the CFL playoffs. To a man, they feel they have the guys to do it. It's just a matter of actually making a play at crunch time instead of falling short. You know, it's not like uh, we don't have the talent or we don't have the coaches. I think we do, but, uh, you know, what we have to do is execute better, coach better, and uh, if those two things uh, just improve on five or six plays a game, hopefully it turns into wins. The Lions could easily have two or three more wins this season, but they've failed to execute with the game on the line. And most of those mistakes have been self-inflicted, which gives them hope they can be fixed and turn those close losses into wins. In our last four losses, we had leads or were within a score in all four of those games, right? And so it just really has come, has come down to execution in the last, you know, last half of the fourth quarter. And um, the games we've won, we've made those plays. Games we lost, we didn't. So we've got to find a way to make them. The Lions made so many changes in the offseason with personnel and a new offense, it stands to reason they should be much better in the second half. And despite the obvious mistakes, feel this is a team capable of turning it around. If the player who dropped the ball last week is playing again this week, uh, you know, you're saying to him, hey, I have confidence in you, but then the player also has to you know, given the other opportunity, needs to deliver. The energy's been good. You know, everybody's um, good vibes. You know, um, everybody's been focused in practice and things. So we know we have to do to win games now. We know a win is there um, if we go out and play well, but you just have to earn it on game day, and the, the better team's going to win. Big time Tiger Woods. Well, you put the old Scotty Cameron back in the bag. Just like Ted Knight put the old Billy Baru back in the Caddyshack. And this was like the Billy Baru. Look at him. Drain putts. Birdies. Eagles. Another birdie. He had 29 in his front nine. An eight under par 62 for Tiger today. First lead in round one since 2013, but he's sharing the lead with this guy, Rory McIlroy, who went on a six straight bird run. It was a veritable aviary with Rory McIlroy. And why? He didn't even need to be able to putt. He could kick these in. Look at that. So he's also at eight under par. Adam Hadwin, one under, tied for 38. This is the BMW Championship. Serena, Anastasia Sevastova, semifinals, U.S. Open. 
Good luck, Sevastova. Yeah, see you later, Sevastova. Actually, she did win the first two games against Serena, and then she only won one more after that. Serena aggressive to the net. Yeah. She's won 23 Grand Slams. Singles titles, that is. 39 if you count doubles and mixed doubles, but 24 singles titles is what she's looking for. That would tie the record set by Margaret Court. She's off to the finals. We don't know who she's playing just yet. That's why she's in that Nike ad. There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. She oh. is one of the greats of all time. Yes, she certainly is. Here's Jay Durant now with a preview of Global News at 11. Jay? Thanks very much, Chris. We're talking to residents in the South Surrey neighborhood who saw part of the activity last night as police tried and failed to capture a suspect wanted for murder, a man who's considered very dangerous. And we're getting a first-hand look at the devastation caused by the wildfire near Burns Lake, despite cooler weather, wildfires still remain a threat in many parts of the province and a number of evacuation orders remain in place. We'll have a lot more when you join us tonight at 11, Chris. All right, Jay, thanks very much. Tributes are pouring in tonight for Burt Reynolds. We'll have a look back at his remarkable career next. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia. Yeah, some pretty big things happening despite the winding down of summer. First, there's been a lot of hype around Skookum Fest with good reason. Arcade Fire, The Killers, Metric, Florence and the Machine, just a few of the big names that'll be hitting the stage, framed by the shoreline forests of Stanley Park. Expect a weekend of music, creativity, and a culinary experience. The air is much more fresh and Pendicton's gearing up for its annual Dragon Boat Festival. Set on picturesque Skaha Lake, this festival ranks as one of the best of its kind with a wide array of food and vendors for all. Make more memories with Grandma and Grandpa this weekend. Treat them to a special afternoon on Grandparents' Day at the Okanagan Heritage Museum. I think it goes without saying here, fun for the whole family. Now, whether or not you have a green thumb, you can make a difference on Sunday to the wildlife of Metro Vancouver. Help remove invasive plants that threaten native species at Burnaby Lake Regional Park and become a weed buster yourself. Feast of Fields is back, a gourmet harvest festival highlighting the links between farmers and chef and fields and table. It is a fundraiser and a delicious one at that. This year's event is at the UBC Farm in Vancouver. For more, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, it is the opening night of TIFF, and we've got your star-studded preview. Plus, we're on the road with Maren Morris as she takes on her body shamers. That is coming up at 7 right after the news hour. But first, back to you, Chris. All right, Ross, thanks very much. And we've got this, before we get to Burt Reynolds, a tragic update to the death back in January of Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan. A coroner's inquest has ruled the 46-year-old accidentally drowned in a hotel bathtub while intoxicated. The inquest heard that O'Riordan was found submerged in the tub with five miniature alcohol bottles and a bottle of champagne in the room. Her blood alcohol level was four times the legal limit. And there was a time when just the name above the title virtually guaranteed a movie would be a hit. Films that ranged from action comedies like Smokey and the Bandit to tense thrillers like Deliverance. Hollywood is paying tribute tonight to Burt Reynolds, who passed away at the age of 82. Burt Reynolds is as much a part of American culture as Hamburger on the 4th of July. He starred in an astounding 90 movies and 300 television shows. 
He had a knack for comedy in films like Smokey and the Bandit. You've got a great profile. Yeah, I do, don't I? Especially from the side. And for more serious fare. Where's the law, Drew? His Lewis Medlock in the thriller Deliverance. We get connected up with that body and the law. This thing's gonna be hanging over us the rest of our lives. Left no doubt, he once said, in either the public's mind or his own, that he could act. To me, the best acting, the very best acting, is the kind of acting that looks easy. Burton Milo Reynolds Jr. was born 82 years ago. When a knee injury made a football career impossible, Reynolds turned to acting. The rest, as they say, is history. We've come too far together to stop now. For five years between 1978 and 1982, Reynolds was the world's highest grossing movie star. Cut. Boogie Nights, made when he was in his 60s, brought him a Golden Globe and an Oscar nomination, though he said he had mixed feelings about the film. He often joked he'd turn down roles he wished he'd said yes to. Han Solo in Star Wars, Bruce Willis's role in Die Hard, and James Bond. This has been a long journey for me. I'm, I'm very, very happy. Over the years, Reynolds was linked with many famous women. As far as being a playboy is concerned, uh, uh, I don't think I deserve that reputation. Though he was the first man to pose for a centerfold in Cosmo. He had a long-term relationship with Dinah Shore, 20 years his senior, married Judy Karn and Lonnie Anderson, with whom he had a son. But earlier this year, a bit of a surprise when he looked back on his life with Hoda Kotb. Who would you consider the love of your life? You're naughty. I would say Sally. I wanted her really bad for Smokey, and they said, well, she's not sexy. And I said, you don't get it. Talent is sexy. And those are two subjects Burt Reynolds knew a lot about. Florida, Florida State College football player, too. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Knee injury, obviously scuttled his career. I, I was interesting too, another role that he turned down was Richard Gere's role in Pretty Woman. Oh. I, I didn't, I, I'm surprised James Bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That yeah. he wasn't English or Scottish or anywhere in the British Isles, but he got the offer. <laughs> Maybe he could have done, pulled off the British accent. Um, uh, Sally Field, by the way, released a statement saying in part, my years with Bert never leave my mind. He will be in my history and my heart for as long as I live. So you know that the uh, feeling was mutual there. Uh, last word on weather maybe before yes, we go. Yes, final look at your five-day forecast. Hope you got it and enjoyed today. Very different for tomorrow. It'll be much cooler, so be prepared. We'll see the rain developing by the afternoon. 18 is the high tomorrow. Saturday, that's the nicest out of the bunch for our weekend. We'll see some breaks, dry patches, and then on Sunday it picks up once again. So we're on and off. It'll be much cooler. Today was definitely a treat. If the rain stays away for Luxury Supercar Weekend and Skookum Fest, I think everybody's going to be happy on Saturday for sure. Thanks for watching. Have a good night.